This is the Bruins Beat. This is October 24th. And this is Jimmy Murphy on CLNS Media. Every neighborhood has a heartbeat, a place that represents the cultural epicenter of the area at its core. In Boston's historic North End, that place is Boston Barber and Tattoo Company. Boston Barber and Tattoo Company has become home to A-list Boston celebrities like Gordon Hayward, Milan Lucic, Brad Marchand, Kelly Aaron Baines. Boston Barber and Tattoo is more than just Boston's most well-known corner barbershop. It's also a tourist attraction for hundreds of thousands of people that visit the North End throughout the year. Boston Barber and Tattoo, a North End landmark that represents a cultural epicenter of the area at its core, located at 113 Salem Street in Boston. And welcome to another edition of the Bruins Beat here on CLNS Media. I'm your host, Jimmy Murphy. And uh, we're going to kind of look at the Bruins through a different lens today. We're going to take the gambling perspective and, and try and give you some insight onto the value of the Boston Bruins uh, this year gambling-wise. And, of course, uh, as we all know, uh, within the next year or so, uh, it's going to be uh, legal to bet on sports nationwide. And, of course, Jeremy Jacobs already telling the Boston media last June, I was there when he did it, saying uh, they will have machines right there. When you go up to buy a beer or concessions, you can just go in and do a live bet on the game you're watching. Not so sure how that's going to change the uh, the tone of the fans and the attitude of the fans if they start losing, but it's going to be interesting nonetheless. And to talk about that and, and also, like I said, the value of the Bruins gambling-wise and just kind of a look around the NHL and the gambling perspective is my good friend and colleague from the Ice Guys video show that you can see me do for SVR. Uh, and he's also uh, part owner of the rightwager.com, and that is my friend Ian Cameron. Ian, how you doing, my friend? Jimmy, it's good to be with you on the podcast. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. And it's been, uh, it's been good getting to know you and doing these videos with you for SVR, for Sports Betting Review. And uh, we're having a lot of fun. We're not always right, but we, uh, we do our best, and, and it's been fun. Yeah, absolutely. If everyone was right in the uh, sports betting world, uh, from a betters or handicappers perspective, uh, there wouldn't be any sports books in operation. Uh, there wouldn't be any lines to attack and try to beat on a daily basis. So uh, there's a reason those uh, casinos and sports books in Las Vegas and now in other places, New Jersey uh, and other states join in the party. Uh, you know, that's why they're in business because not everybody can win every day. And that's just the uh, nature of the beast in sports betting. Awesome. And then let me, before we get into, uh, some of the Bruins and NHL stuff and, uh, give our listeners some insight here. Um, let me ask you, like, how did you get into this business? Uh, when did you first start off in, uh, writing and handicapping and all that? Yeah, it was basically six years ago, 2012, when I, became a full-time professional sports handicapper uh, at sportsmemo.com. That was my first home uh, for a very long time. It is a well-established website that's still going today. Uh, and I was given an opportunity there, my first opportunity with sportsmemo.com, to work alongside a very reputable, very good uh, sports bettors and handicappers such as uh, Ted Sobransky, Teddy Covers, people know him by, Aaron Renning, uh, Rob Vino, a really great crew there. Uh, and I was able to get my first opportunity thanks to Teddy, who actually I was a client with him uh, for a few years when I was just betting on my own and looking for 
other people's advice to try to build a bankroll. Uh, I was a client of Teddy's and knowing him, meeting him and getting to talk sports with him. And he was impressed with the knowledge I had, of not only uh, one sport, but a bunch of different sports. Uh, that's what opened the opportunity up for me, uh, Jimmy. He was a guy that said, I'm impressed with what you know. Have you considered doing this as a full-time career? I said no at the time. I was doing some uh, tech support job that I wasn't really enjoying, to be honest. Uh, and sure enough, uh, eventually that opportunity came around a couple of years later when Sports Memo was looking to add some handicappers to the team, and I was asked. So I was flattered by it, uh, and they brought me on in 2012, and now six years later, still doing it, still enjoying it, even on the bad days. And uh a lot of hard work, but uh, uh, it's nice to be able to work from home, not have to travel, not have to commute and do something you enjoy. Yeah, I, I can definitely second that. I enjoy it as well, and um, I'm, I'm very psyched to have gotten into this business, as I was just saying to you off air. I mean, it's a good time uh, with the legalization coming soon, um, but it's it's just uh, it's been a, a definitely an interesting experience, an eye-opening experience for me thus far, but I'm happy to be doing it. And um, I got to ask you when you first started off, what you know, not even just in the in the writing uh, or video aspect of it, but just as as a better and, and a handicapper. Um, what was hockey like then, and, and and what have you seen from it in the last few years? Uh, as it's sort of, to me, I mean, I don't know from a gambling perspective, but just from a popularity perspective, it seems to be gaining steam uh, in North American sports culture. It, I think it, I think it's growing the last year or two. I think it went through a lull uh, a few years ago. I know NBC from a viewership standpoint and NBC Sports Network, the uh, national TV carriers of the NHL in the United States, they went through a little bit of a dip in ratings after pretty good numbers early in this decade. Uh, but it's come back a little bit the last year. They had better numbers last year. I know from a betting standpoint, the, the uh, involvement on Twitter of people in NHL betting has gone up. I think the number of people that follow the NHL from a betting standpoint's definitely gone up. And I'm sure the Vegas Golden Knights uh, joining the NHL last season was a big part of that. I mean, you're talking about the, the, a team uh, in the hub of the, the, basically the sports betting capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada, and, and all the locals there were betting the Las Vegas Golden Knights on a, a daily basis every time they played. I know betting handle for the NHL last season in Las Vegas specifically bigger than it's been last year than it was any point uh, prior to that, uh, and you have the Golden Knights to thank for that. Uh, definitely, I think NHL is in a good situation right now. You've got some young talent. You've got some great American young talent, too. We know the NHL is always going to be big time in Canada, where I am. It's, uh, you know, it's an obsession for some people, hockey in these parts. But the United States has some very, very promising young talent. Jack Eichel and Austin Matthews, two American-born players that are at the top of their game right now that look like they could dominate this league for a very long time, are at the top of that list uh, of players that could I guess, stoke the fires of interest and excitement within the American sports watching public and American sports fans, not just hockey fans, but just American sports fans in general, the casual hockey fan or the the fan that might watch a couple of games during the playoffs. They might get into it more with some of these younger, yeah. really talented American players coming up the pipeline. So things like that, I think, is what's going to keep the NHL growing and the momentum building uh, in the future. And, you know, we look at it, let's, let's use this for example. I mean, in the last, uh, few weeks, in the opening weeks of the season, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs were scoring goals blindfolded, basically, uh, but allowing just as much. And obviously, uh, that affected the over-under. And we saw that rise, I think at one point, wasn't it, at seven and a half, like a week ago for a game? 
Um, was that against Pittsburgh, maybe, or, or somewhere in there? But it, it's it was against Washington. Against yeah, it Washington. was against yep. Washington. That was the seven. Yep. Yep. And it, I mean, it's just it's uh, you know, and we saw that rise so drastically, and we were urging people to get on it before uh, Vegas caught on. Now, I don't know. I'm just going off recollection here because I wasn't paying as much attention to it then. But do you recall? When they came back from the first lockout there, um, you know, after the 04-05 season was wiped out, uh, and they come back that next year, 05-06, with the rule changes and everything, and obviously scoring opened up as, as people adapted to the changes and the rules. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, it seemed like it took forever to Vegas for Vegas to get a hold of it, and people were still able to kind of, you know, ride that and, and jump on those overs uh, deep into November, whereas – now, you know, as the years go on, and as we just saw with Toronto there, it seems, and, and maybe, you know, this has to do with the effect you just spoke of, and specifically with there being a hockey team in Vegas, forcing them to pay more attention to the sport. Have you noticed them kind of uh, catching those over-under, uh, you know, phenomenons a lot faster than they used to? It sure, it sure appears that way this season, Jimmy, for sure. I mean, you're talking about widespread Across the NHL, the last couple of weeks, we're just only a few weeks into the season, the, the old five-and-a-half baseline totals, most of them now six is the baseline. Uh, and, in fact, you're going to see a lot of six and six-and-a-halves more than I've seen five-and-a-halves uh, to this point uh, in the season. We have seen some leveling off uh, in the totals in terms of the results. For the season, you're, we're still pretty close, believe it or not, to 50-50. Uh, yeah. in terms of percentage overs and unders that have cashed uh, to this point in the season. And part of that is because we've seen odds makers elevate and inflate these totals. Because why? Because the NHL has seen an increase in scoring. Uh, and it usually it does early in the season. It's going to be interesting to see if this infusion of goals continues long term. But I will say this. I think there will be a leveling off. We're already showing signs of it. But let's not forget, cross the board in the four major sports, NBA wants more points. You know, look at the NBA so far. More points. The shot clock is down to 14 seconds when an offensive rebound occurs. That's to increase scoring. They want more points. What's the uh, NFL want? They want more touchdowns, rules that are geared to help the offenses and impair the defenses. You're seeing that in the NFL. Major League Baseball, you know, launch angles, the big thing. They're looking at ways to increase more home runs uh, in baseball. And now in hockey, it's the same. I mean, these leagues are purposely, I think, trying to improve offense, get more goals, because that's what crowds want to see. They want to see more touchdowns. They want to see more goals. They want to see more home runs, uh, more baskets. Uh, that's what they want. Uh, and these leagues and the uh, competition committees for these leagues are trying to give the fans what they want. And as a result, offense seems to be the name of the day across the board in all four major sports right now. But, you know, if we look at hockey, right, and I agree with you on all of that, um, but it's a sport that I, I think is the second half of the season or the stretch run more specifically rolls in. It, it, it changes, I think, a little more than other sports, whether it be football or basketball or baseball in terms of, you know, lower scoring games, uh, tightly contested games, less power plays. We know the rest tend to throw the whistle away as we approach the playoffs and then into the playoffs. How much of that have you seen play a role? in terms of determining over under when we get to that point. Yeah, I mean, in the playoffs, I'm very selective a lot more when it comes to totals because you will get situations like that where, again, defensive intensity takes over. No question about that. Uh, at the playoffs, you know, you usually get some of the best goaltenders too 
still standing uh, at playoff time. And as a result, that could also decrease the amount of offense, the amount of goals uh, generated in playoff games. But you usually do also see uh, totals deflated a little bit uh, in the playoffs. I mean, I remember years ago, there'd be instances, I'd see four and a half, believe it or not. Yeah, I I don't, I, do you remember those last, days, Jimmy? There were four. Yeah? yeah, there was one last year, I think. Uh, I know Quick was the goalie. He was, it, was in, it was in an out. It might have been uh, in the first round. I'm not sure, but I, I remember there being one last year, and I almost fell off the chair there. It was, it was crazy. But, yeah, so that means – I mean, that just shows you how much more – you know, the odds makers are paying attention as opposed to uh, when there wasn't a team in Vegas. I think that's the best point that you made, like, in the beginning. It's just having that team there has forced them to really understand the game and the sort of the intricacies of the game and uh, the way it's coached, the way it's called, and all that stuff. So uh, it's an interesting thing, I think, to fall for our fans. No, it definitely is. And you're right. I mean, there it was those San Jose, Anaheim, Anaheim, LA, Anaheim, San, throw those teams in a blender, those California yeah. teams. And there was a couple four and a halfs yep. uh, that would appear in those playoff games in series involving those teams because you just had those great defensive uh, shutdown teams back then, uh, some great goaltenders as well. Uh, and as a result, you got those lower totals in some of those playoff series. I will say this to the listeners here. One thing I like to look to do uh, especially in elimination games, you know, team is up three, one or three, two, or it's a game mm-hmm. seven. Uh, and one or two teams are facing elimination in that game in the playoffs. I look for overs because it's one of those, we got to go after it. It's do or die. It's never yeah. say it's, it's never, it's, it's now or never. Uh, our season's done if we don't win this game. And if a team is down three to one or even four to one, uh, with about four, five, six minutes left in the third period, you're yanking the goalie even earlier oh. than normal. Oh, yeah. And I remember Patrick Waugh, when he became the head coach <laughs> of the Colorado Avalanche, he became famous for taking his goalie out down a goal or two with like four or five minutes left yeah. uh, in the third period. Uh, and when you have the, obviously the net empty for that amount of time, that's going to impact totals. That's going to impact games staying under or going over uh, in those situations. So, those are the betting scenarios I look to. This is something to remember come April and May, Nick. I know it's a long ways away, but something to keep in mind. Elimination games when there's no tomorrow, team that's trailing in the third, you're going to pull the goalie earlier than normal. It's what really, really bothers me about backing an under these days when it comes to elimination games, especially because coaches across the board. Now, Patrick Waugh's mentality it's seeping into other coaches now. Other coaches are actually pulling the goalie er- earlier than normal. It's not the standard one minute to go and we take the goalie out anymore when yeah. we're down by a goal or two. It's happening earlier, and you have to realize it because it's going to impact these totals. Hey, Boston sports fans, do you want to get killer seats to see your favorite team for the price of beer or a large pizza? Well, go to one in a com. That's one in one zero zero dot com. Feeling lucky? Try it out now. The cost to potentially score tickets with 1 in 100 is a small fraction of the actual ticket price. You can score a pair of tickets for less than the actual cost of a beer. Your first raffle ticket is free after signing up, and the experience of using 1in100.com, which is extremely fun and exciting, is that you get to pick your lucky number to the feeling of potentially scoring premium tickets. So feeling lucky? Go to 1in100.com right now. That's one in 100.com. Let's look at the team here that I, our li- the majority of our listeners are very interested in, uh, the Boston Bruins. And uh, they came into this season 
after, you know, I, I thought a pretty respectable year last year. They lose in five to the Tampa Bay Lightning. I don't think anyone thought they were going to beat the Lightning, but uh, they took the next step. They were in the first round uh, exit to Ottawa the year before, so they, they get to the next round. Um, you know, they went after John Tavares, but he went to his hometown team, Toronto, there, and obviously that um, made them an instant Stanley Cup favorite. But, uh, you know, the Bruins come in, I think it, they had him at, uh, plus 1100 when the season began. And they're now, you know, they're kind of floating around that. They're not too much. They haven't changed too much. Uh, you can get them right now at, I think the lowest I saw was plus 810, but I mean, you can still get them at plus 1000. Uh, one place had them at plus 1200 today I saw. So what's your take on them? Uh, is you're looking ahead as this season goes on with the Boston Bruins? They're a factor. They're, they, they definitely are. Are they a Stanley Cup contender this year? I'm, I'm actually very, very worried that they, if, that, that they aren't, to be honest with you. I think they're a very, very good team. I, I just don't know if I can get consistency enough from their depth scoring. Uh, you know this better than anyone, Jimmy, the bottom, uh, the bottom three lines even, not just their bottom six forwards, but even their second line from time to time, hit or miss a little bit offensively. And it's, can you rely on Brad Marchand, Patrice Bergeron, and David Posternock every night for as amazing a top line as they are? One of the best, no question about it, one of the best top lines in the NHL. Can you rely on other guys to step up? Can Jake DeBrus give you that secondary offense that he did last year? Can your Danton Heinen stay healthy uh, and be good? Can David Krejci uh, be a solid, steady second-line center for this team? You know, Anders Bjork's got some upside, but can he get it done at the NHL level? We know Ryan Donato is a guy that's got speed, got talent, got ability to finish. What are we going to get from him? Uh, the blue line, you know, as Big Z, you, you, I, Bruins fans love Big Z. They adore Zdeno Chara. I understand that, but... You know, he's never been a, a, a blazer in terms of skating, uh, in terms of being a fast skater. And he's getting older. He's had a lot of procedures done, to, you know, with various ailments, various injuries over the years. How much do you have left with him? I mean, that's definitely a concern. I like Matt Grizzlick. I think Matt Grizzlick's a very good defenseman here for this Bruins team. There's some places to like, parts to like on that blue line. But right now, they're they're gutted with injuries oh, at yeah. the back end right now. You know this better than anyone. Tory Krug hasn't played a game this season. Charlie McAvoy boy now uh, day to day due to injury Kevin Miller another injured defenseman and that puts a lot of duress on Tuka Rask who we know one day can steal a game for you and, and one day can just have a horrible first period like he had in Calgary just a week ago uh, and those are the little things Jimmy that worry me about this team's ability to go toe to toe with a Tampa or go toe to toe with a Washington or a Pittsburgh or a Toronto uh, in this Eastern Conference come playoff time. Very good team. Was very impressed with the progress they made uh, under Bruce Cassidy. I call him Bruce Cassidy and the Sundance Kid as a, a reference to the old days. <laughs> yeah, sometimes people butchered. don't understand me when I say that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but no, uh, yeah, yeah, those are the things yeah. basically that concern me, Jimmy. I mean, I I know they've got a great top line. Their depth scoring's got to be better. You know, can this blue line and can Sedano Chara, uh, manning it, uh, continue to play well? And again, Tuka Rask and Net, those are the things that concern me. And another thing that does concern me is, you know, they had a great start to the season. Everybody's very excited about it, but it was a home, a schedule that was very home ice dominated early on. They played a lot of games at TD Garden, a lot of 
you know, mediocre to below average teams that they beat. They've gone on this road trip and we've seen the Bruins struggle here. Now injuries I know have been a part of it, but you know, they've lost to Edmonton, Calgary and Vancouver on this road trip. They deserved a better fate against Vancouver for sure. But still, I mean, the Bruins I think are still looking to find their identity, find their A game. Uh, we'll see if they're able to find it because I think they're going to have to split this switch and step it up another gear, Jimmy, in the playoffs if they're going to end up being an Eastern Conference uh, finalist in the end. Let me ask something. So you look at a team right now and you just gave us that analysis, right? And I'm sure that's a lot of the odds makers are, are looking at the same stuff and, and paying attention to analysis like that. But say right now or within the next few weeks, Don Sweeney goes out and makes a deal to bring in, uh, you know, that second line winner they're missing so they don't have to break up that amazing top line, arguably the best line in hockey. He goes out and makes a deal. Doesn't have to sacrifice much on his team because he does have a lot of prospects in the system. He does have a lot to deal with that would be attractive to teams that are in rebuilding mode. Uh, and that happens. How much does that instantly change the odds game by game for the Bruins? I mean, how much does that play an effect when these guys are looking at the Bruins and looking at the next three games ahead and say, Ooh, wait a minute. They just made that deal. We got to go back and check that out. I, I honestly don't know if there would be huge adjustments. I've seen some big mammoth trades uh, in the past in the NHL, and you'd see maybe a minor price adjustment in futures odds and in conference to win the conference, to win the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you would, there would be bigger adjustments basically in some of, you know, in, in your football or basketball for a big trade deadline deal than you would see in the NHL. It's just the nature of the beast. Odds makers are really from Las Vegas specifically in the past, we're not as locked in with hockey, you know, year round as they were the other sports. But again, I go back to that point with the Golden Knights being in town. They're more, you know, they're more tuned in uh, to the NHL. So this season, for instance, there may be a bigger adjustment to say the Boston Bruins, if they go out and get, you know, an elite defenseman at the deadline, or as you say, a second line winger uh, to fill out the depth of this top six forward group. Yeah. (laughs) That's a little hit for me too, to our listeners there, that that, that could happen, but we'll see. And that's the thing. I think they, they, I think they're going to need to be active in some way, shape or form uh, at the trade deadline. Uh, If if they're going to be serious about, I think I think when you're in a situation like you're in now where you need scoring and it, you you know exactly what you want, why not do it earlier? I mean, why not catch the the league sleeping? Which I I think in the next month is a really good time to do that because I think after American Thanksgiving is usually when teams have a better idea on what they have and what they don't, and then they start to work towards those trade deadline deals. So if I'm Don Sweeney, maybe I go out and kind of. I know what I want. I mean, I knew what I wanted coming into the season. I didn't get it. I know what I want right now, and it's not going to change until I get it. So it's not something that, you know, all of a sudden he's going to wake up December 1st and say, oh, this is what I have to target. So I I wouldn't be the least bit surprised to see if something does get done before Thanksgiving here. Yeah, and and they're going to have to do something with the depth of this team up front. There's no question. You already see the results so far. It's only six, seven, eight games uh, into the season, but look at already. You've got Bergeron 13 points, Marchand 12 points, Pasternak 11, and then there's a big drop-off after that. you got Krejci and McAvoy with six points after that, and then most of the other guys have one or two. I mean, that's an issue. That's a problem because you're going to face top D pairs. One of those guys is a D-man that you just said, so that's that's a scary problem that your forwards aren't, kind of above that D-man right now. Yeah, it's. A, I hate to use the term one-line hockey team, 
but that's what they look like up front right now. And the results are, and it's, the proof is in, in the point production we're seeing from the forwards for this Bruins team. I'm seeing Danton Heinen with one point so far. Uh, for the Boston Bruins. He's got to do better than that. I think he's a better uh, player than that, can give yeah. them that. I don't know what the issue is with uh, Ryan Donato, too. He's been in there, yeah. uh, has, has uh, and he's only got one point, minus three rating. Uh, there's just basically not enough foot soldiers in the bottom three lines across the board. And it's yeah. not just even the top bottom six. That second line should be doing a lot better than it's been so far, and they're not. And that's going to have to change for Boston moving forward. Because you look at your Pittsburghs, your Washingtons, your Tampas, your Torontos, there's multiple lines that can burn you and can absolutely find the back of the net and bury pucks past your repo- uh, goaltender. But Boston's got to find that same kind of firepower and depth of it uh, to be able to compete with those teams. It's got to be a priority right now uh, if you're Don Sweeney and the Bruins management team. For sure. And, you know, let's let's look at it from a, a gambling perspective again and, and kind of focus in on the over-under like we were doing before. When you have a team that's top-heavy like that with just one line scoring, how how much – and this is a scary thing, right, because that line can, you know, put up six, seven, eight goals a game by themselves – how hard does that make it for the odds makers to kind of look at the Bruins and say, okay, this is, you know, this is where I think they're going to come in for this game at, you know, 3.5, four goals, five goals, what have you. Like, how much does that play a role when you have a top-heavy team like that? Well, the thing is, and the beauty of, you know, being able to handicap and really scrutinize and analyze this stuff on a daily basis is that you're going to find things the odds makers don't. Right. And there's going to be a time this at, at some point you would think there's going to be a time where the Boston Bruins finally get guys like, as I've said multiple times, uh, Danton Heinen uh, and, you know, David Krejci and other guys to step up and be better offensively than they've been so far. And basically odds makers are going to have Boston's power rating uh, and their totals based on their aggregate full season numbers. And that is why I emphasize Take advantage of change if you see it happen with this Boston team offensively. Because if you start seeing your second and third line players that we've been just harping on during our uh, discussion here, Jimmy, if we finally see some of these guys chip in, produce offensively, find the back of the net, DeBrusque, Heinen, Bjork, Nordstrom, Wagner, guys like this, and if we finally see them find the back of the net and support the big three of Marshawn Bergeron and Pasternak, you're going to have value over the total in Boston games yeah. because the odds makers are going to be basically basing their numbers, basing what's happened to this point and saying, wow, you know, Boston's just been relying on one line. But as soon as you see signs of that change happening, you could go games, maybe even weeks uh, in a row before that, that change gets noticed by odds makers. Because I'll tell you this right now. Uh, the Boston Bruins is the, one of the lowest things down on the totem pole for odds makers in Las Vegas. They're thinking first and foremost, especially next month, NBA, college basketball on a daily basis, mm-hmm. NFL college football keeps going on a weekly basis. You can find things in hockey that odds makers do not adjust for, and you can be able to pounce on those from a betting standpoint before they do and really be able to profit from it. If you wear contact lenses and find yourself dreading that annual appointment to renew your prescription, then you're going to love Simple Contacts. It's a great new company that makes this annoying process very well simple. Simple Contacts lets you renew your expired contact lens prescription and reorder your brand of lenses from your phone or computer in minutes. Simple Contacts brings the doctor's office to wherever you are, whenever you need it. 
You can take the Simple Contacts Vision Test online in five minutes. A real doctor reviews it and renews your prescription. You save time, you save money, and you save yourself a headache. And if you have an unexpired prescription, just upload a photo of it or your doctor's info and order your lenses in minutes for a great price. They do all the hard work for you. This is vision care for the 21st century. Simple Contacts offers every brand of lenses, and their prices are unbeatable. The prescription is just $20. Compare that with an annual appointment, which could be up to $200 without insurance, and they have some of the best prices on contacts, and shipping is free. Best of all, my listeners will get $20 off their first Simple Contacts order. To save $20 on your lenses, just go to simplecontacts.com slash BruinsBeat or enter the code BruinsBeat at checkout. I want to mention that this isn't a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam. You still need those occasionally, but it is the most convenient way to renew a prescription and reorder your contacts if your vision hasn't changed. Again, check out Simple Contacts and get $20 off by going to simplecontacts.com slash BruinsBeat or just enter the code Bruins beat at checkout. Give it a try and thank me later. Before we let you go in, just has there been a, a specific betting trend about the Bruins that you've noticed or kind of run of the mill with all the other teams right now? Well, the Boston Bruins are a team that, again, offensively, I think they've got the potential to be a good over team, but I'm waiting for more of the secondary scoring to happen. Uh, and again, we have just not seen that uh, at a consistent level. Uh, for the Bruins so far. Obviously, they're going to have to get better on the road. They've been a very good home team uh, so far this season, Boston. It hasn't translated uh, to them so far uh, on the road. And that's got to be a concern right now uh, if you're Cassidy and the Bruins. I mean, you've got to get this road record going. You're just one in four so right. far on the season away from TD Garden. Uh, and that's something that's going to have to uh, definitely reverse itself uh, in the days and the weeks to come. Now, a couple of good trends, something you're going to want to watch out for, and these are trends that sometimes don't always work. They actually are one and six, their last seven road games. So I'm telling the uh, loyal Bruin fans that are listening here, you don't want to unload the bank account right now with Boston on the road until they start to <laughs> maybe put some wins together. I know they're playing Ottawa uh, the, the day of this recording here, but uh, and they should win that game. Uh, against the Sens, they dominated them. But just be careful with your money uh, when it comes to putting your opinion down financially uh, on the Bruins on the road till things change. But a couple of good Boston trends, uh, trends that you may want to look at uh, that have been very good long-term uh, in terms of games where they get shut down offensively. This is one of the best trends to maybe write down, keep an eye on. Uh, when the Bruins score two goals or less in their previous game, so obviously they've probably got a good chance to lose that game, uh, if they're scoring two goals or less mm-hmm. in their next game after that, they're 21 and seven uh, in their last 28 games after they've scored wow. two goals or less in their previous game. Now this has been That's something nice I noticed last season uh, with this Boston team, they would get shut down. They lose four, one, five, two, even three, two, and they come back the next game and win and, and start to light the lamp and uh, find the back of the net and score some goals as well. So not only Bruins bets, you know, after a game where they score two goals or less, but also the over, something I would consider looking at in those spots. Again, Boston 21 and seven in their last 28 games when they're coming off a game where they've scored two goals or less. Uh, look at Boston. Maybe you look at the over as well in that situation. Beautiful. Good stuff, Ian. I appreciate you, uh, giving that. I'm sure the Bruins fans will like that, especially the gambling ones. Uh, they will apply that in your next wager, I'm sure, but, Ian, always a pleasure, my friend. I've, uh, again, I'm really psyched to be part of the Ice Guys on SBR videos there, and uh, I will be up with you on uh, Thursday morning 
9 a.m. Eastern. Uh, for anyone who wants to check it out there, Ian, tell them everywhere they can find us. Yeah, you can find us, me, uh, Jimmy, uh, Alex B. Smith, who is uh, from Chicago originally but now lives in Minnesota, and Andrew McGinnis, who is a fellow Canadian just like me. The four of us together, we're on the SBR NHL Ice Guys Tuesdays and Thursdays, 9 a.m. Eastern time with Jimmy. It's uh, Alex, Andrew, and I uh, on Saturdays at 9 a.m. Eastern with the Ice Guys as well. Three days a week, uh, it is the best hockey betting show on YouTube or anywhere for that matter. We break down every single NHL game on that day's schedule from a betting perspective. We give you our opinions on the sides, opinions on the totals. We each give out a best bet at the end of every show. If you're a hockey fan and a hockey better, you're missing out. Uh, and not watching this show, you're missing out. Tune us, to, tune us in. Uh, SBR NHL Ice Guys, Tuesdays, Thursdays, Saturdays, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Sportsbook Review YouTube channel. That sounds awesome, my man. Of course, check out rightwager.com as well. You can find Ian's work there. And you can find him on Twitter at, at Bobano. That's B-O-B-A-N-O, at Bobano. And that's Ian Cameron. Ian, I'm sure we'll have you on the podcast again. And until then, I'll talk to you Thursday, buddy, all right? All right, Jimmy. Thanks for having me on anytime. That sounds great. That is Ian Cameron joining us here on another edition of the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. We'll talk to you next week. And the best that you can hope for is to die.